0: If you would take your Bible, turn with me to three John chapter one, and uh, we 're going to be looking at verses nine through eleven i 'm not going to read it just yet. you can get yourself ready, but let me pray for this sermon. Father, thank you for what you 're doing today, Lord, this is a good day. Thank you for the spirit of the living God working in us and through us. We give you all the praise. Father, we pray now. As we get into your word this morning, may the message you put on my heart to share really touch us in a powerful way. Help me to preach it the way you want. Let it be heard and received and processed the way you want as well, Lord. And in that dynamic, Lord, we trust that you will be glorified and magnified and that your people will be edified. We thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, so if you're visiting or if you're new, um, we're continuing in our sermon series, going through 1 John, 2 John, now 3 John. We, we go through a verse by verse study and then application. We've already had a character study of Gaius in 3 John. Verses 1 through 4, the sermon was entitled Godly Gaius. In verses 5 through 8, the sermon was entitled Is there a Gaius in the House? And everyone was wondering, What's a Gaius? It's a person. It's a character. Uh, Gaius was good. He was faithful. He was dependable. He was optimistic. His soul was prospering. Uh, Others thought well of him. He had a great testimony, a great reputation. He helped missionaries. And uh, John called upon him to help again. Now today, as we start in verse number uh, 9, there's a major shift uh, in, in, uh, in the next character we're going to be looking at. This person's name is Diotrephes. Um, so we're going from, uh, is there a Gaius in the house? And the title of today's sermon is, Don't be Diotrephes. Be Gaius, don't be Diotrephes. And so I would encourage you not to imitate him, not to hold him in high esteem, not to model your life after him. In fact, Diotrephes presents how not to be. So let's turn in our Bibles 3 John chapter 1 starting at verse number 9. Just three verses. Verse number 9. I wrote to the church but Diotrephes who loves to have the preeminence among them does not receive us. Therefore if I come I will call to mind his deeds which he does prating against us with malicious words and not content with that He himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but imitate what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. And so, this is a little bit of an unusual passage. Paul kind of sets the stage of what's happening here in Romans 16, 17. He says there, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. Um, John, many years later now, is doing just that as he addresses this issue with diatrophies. Paul had previously uh, done this several times. You may remember uh, some of the examples in 1 Corinthians 5. There was Well, he really called out the whole church because they weren't dealing with sexual sin in that church. In 2 Timothy 2, he calls out Hymenaeus and Philetus, who are babblers that speak an ungodly message, who strayed from the truth. In 2 Timothy 3, Paul says, In the last days, men will be, uh, have a form of godliness without the power. Stay away from such men. And in 2 Timothy 4, he calls out Demas. He says, Timothy, Demas has forsaken me and loved this present world. And Alexander the coppersmith, he did me much harm. He resisted my words. Beware of him. And so now in 3 John uh, John is similarly uh, addressing an issue in the church. Diotrephes is rebellious and hard-headed and proud and independent and is in stark contrast to beloved Gaius. So, let's look at this verse by verse. verse. Here's the setting, though, in case you missed it. Uh, John writes this letter to Gaius. And... um, In verse number 9, he's referring to another letter that he wrote to a church. We don't know what church it was. We don't know what letter it was. We're not even sure who Diotrephes was. He was probably a pastor or a leader or a wannabe. And uh, in verse number 9, John tells Gaius, now I'm combining New King James with NIV and the message, but he's saying basically in verse number nine, Gaius, I wrote to the church about the things we just talked about in verses five, six and seven about uh, the missionaries that are coming and how I requested help from you to help these guys on their on their journey. And I wrote the church to kind of solicit help from them. But Diotrephes, who is the leader or something, he wouldn't have it. He didn't receive what I wrote. He didn't receive what I said. He didn't accept anything about what I mentioned in the letter. It says in verse number 9 that Diotrephes loves to have the preeminence. You know what preeminence means? He loves to be the big shot. He loves to be the life of the party and have the last word. And he thinks he's the leader of everything. And he loves to be the center of attention. What strikes me is he's dealing with John the Apostle. Can we make a little comparison here? John the Apostle, the one whom Jesus loved, the one who spent time with Jesus and and saw the miracles and saw everything and was there on Pentecost and this other person is rising against John the Apostle? What boldness and arrogance I see here. So verse number 9, what John is saying to the guy is, we have a problem he doesn't receive what we're saying. And so there's two things that how this could unfold. One is that Gaius was a part of the church that Diotrephes was the leader of, and Diotrephes was. Reluctant, it Actually, he didn't want to support Gaius or the other missionaries that were doing their work. Or it could be that Gaius is a leader himself of another fellowship, and John is trying to get the two churches together to do something positive and creative to help these missionaries get to the mission field. In either case, John was not happy with this situation. Hello. Let me just throw in, in case you forgot. John is one of the sons of thunder. And I know we're a new creation in Christ, but I have a feeling maybe John was thinking, I'm going to strangle this guy. Like maybe he used to do. He and Peter were quite a team in the old days. Now, some years later, I, you know, John was, uh, he was not one to mess with. He had a reputation. He would let someone have it if, if necessary. But, you know, he, he's dealing with this. And so he says in verse number 10, When I come there, in verse 14 he says, I hope to come to you shortly, quickly. When I get there, I'm going to expose Diotrephes. Now either I'm going to expose him to you, I'm going to expose him to the whole church, or I'm going to expose him to his face. I'm going to to call him out. Let me say something right here. Diotrephes had no business being in the position he was in. I, um, I uh, shared a devotional last Tuesday on, on a Zoom meeting with some pastors in town. And I chose for my text uh, 1 Timothy 3, where Paul tells Timothy that the church is the pillar and foundation of the truth. And prior to that are all the requirements of pastors, leaders, deacons, workers, etc., and my devotional to the pastors and the administrators that were at this meeting, my, my, my word was, we cannot afford to be less than on top of our game as we serve God and serve God's people. If we're below where we should be, we shouldn't even be doing this. See, Diotrephes was not where he should be, having these feelings and these, this angst and being un, un, uh, submitted to the leadership. And so leadership is something where there's got to be a a higher calling. I I wrote something down. We cannot afford to be below par regarding uh, regarding worldly things while carrying out heavenly duties. Leaders are called, out, are called to lead in heavenly duties. We can't be living below that as we discharge our responsibilities. Nonetheless, Diotrephes was in this situation. In verse number 10, John says, I'll address this when I get there. And I'll call to mind his deeds. Really? He's going to call him out. His, his pratting. Anyone know what pratting is? I had to look it up myself. Pratting. Idle babbling. Gossiping. He's gossiping about... Hey, Gaius, he's gossiping about me and you. I'm going to call him out on that. And not only is it idle babbling, it's malicious words. From the word malice. Hurtful. Painful. uh, Distasteful. Trying to cause distress on somebody else. So here you have Diotrephes as negative, hurtful. He's doing negative things. He's what I would call a bad man. And he's tearing down the good work of the Lord. Not building up, not supporting, not showing respect for the Apostle John. Which I still find incredible. Verse 10b, John says, not only is he talking bad about us, he's not... Receiving those missionaries that we talked about. He's not letting them come through. He, and he's forbidding the church to receive them and to support them. And then he says, if they do support these missionaries, Diotrephes kicks them out of the church. This guy's going from bad to worse. No wonder why John was upset. See, this is not the heart Christ, This is not the heart of the church, to fulfill the Great Commission, lest we forget why we're here, to be a vessel that God would use to tell somebody about Jesus. Didn't somebody tell you about Jesus? Hello? Yes? Yes? Or did you just kind of get it by, you know, floating around? (laughs) Jesus said, go, preach teach, make disciples, baptize people, do it. I'm calling the church. One one thing that always was a mystery, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Okay, he could have done the whole deal right then and there. He says, no, no, I have the authority. I'm commissioning you to go. You go do it. He could have done it. No, he wants his church to do it. So in this case, anyway, Diotrephes is missing the point. Verse 6 talks about the missionaries, those that are traveling. We talked about that last time. Verse number 11, we see see John uh, talking to Gaius, beloved Gaius. Uh, Diotrephes is missing the point. Maybe he's jealous. Maybe he's got an axe to uh, grind with somebody. Maybe something happened. Who knows? It doesn't say what his problem was, but... Anyway, John says to Diotrephes, don't imitate what is evil. Don't retaliate. Anyone ever been there before? Something goes bad, someone does something bad to you. What do you want to do? You want to get even. John says, no, don't imitate evil. Don't retaliate. In verse 11, but but imitate what is good. Be Christ-like, even as someone's talking bad about you or belittling your purpose or your life or whatever. Don't imitate what is evil, but imitate what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Then it goes into verse number 12. Demetrius, now he's a good guy. We'll get to him next time. So we have this situation where uh, Diotrephes is... uh, Has a huge ego. He's rebellious. Uh, He's independent. He's pratting. He's saying malicious words. Let me just make a commentary. Something's wrong with Diotrephes. He's operating under the law of diminishing returns instead of the law of increasing returns. You know what I mean? We Christians are called to increase. We're not called to pull back and shrink. But to me, uh, Diotrephes, because of his, uh, his nature, his character, his, his, uh, his input in the church, is stifling that church. That church is not growing. It's not expanding. It's diminishing. He's shutting down missions. He's shutting down the gospel. He's shutting down love and respect for elders. He's shutting down the zeal of the Lord. We must die so the Lord must increase. Diotrephes is increasing his own self and diminishing Christ. But we must operate under the law of increase. Remember we used to sing a song many years ago. More love, more power, more of you in my life. Lord, let me die, let you live, let me get out of the way. Lord, come, you have the preeminence. Not me, not us, but you have the preeminence. We need more of God, less of ourselves. And Diotrephes was basically just the opposite. So John, in these three verses, exposes a big problem in the church. He's now probably in his 90s. He started out probably in his 30s. So he's got 60 years of ministry. He's still going strong. He's still fighting the good fight. And you know what? This whole thing speaks to my heart as I have progressed through decades of life. Some things never change. We just have to keep pressing on. This is a, you can look at this as a sad commentary of a church's life. But John is dealing with it the best he can. He's older, he's wiser. I really don't think he's flying, John's not flying off the handle at all. He's dealing it in the right way. I'm just saying after 60 years, he's still dealing with similar issues as before. And so will we. So the leader of the church, or the leaders of the church, are supposed to be concerned about souls. Why would he hinder the work of missionaries? The, the church is supposed to be life-giving to people. That would be like us seeing some people come in and say, well, we don't like the way they look, we don't like their background, their history, they can't come, here. we don't want them to come here, shame on us. We must be a life-giving church. And we must be moving forward, representing Christ on earth. I would encourage you, keep building relationships with people in your circle, in your realm, that would probably never come to the church right now, but you have access to their heart. I, I do that. I have several people in my life. They don't come here. Some live far away. I had a situation this past week. This per, the young man... He contacted. No, he didn't. I contacted him. I saw on Facebook he was in the hospital, and I I wrote him. He said he almost died with an asthma attack. I said I ministered to him. I gave him some. I gave him the song "Reckless Love" with the lyrics so he could. He said, "Man, that ministers to me so so much." He leaves the 99 to go after the one. This is a young man that thought God didn't love him anymore, and through my little input, he had the idea. Maybe God does love me. We can all do that. We can all do that. So anyway, I could probably do this rather quickly. I want to give you some things to think about. The, the name of the sermon is, don't be Diotrephes. Be Gaius. Be Jesus. Be Paul. Even be John. Don't be Diotrephes. Here, here's, I want to give you three things, okay? Here's the first thing. Fight your own Pride. The is characterized by pride, arrogance. I'm still appalled that he wouldn't respect John. That still bothers me. But And if you don't think you have pride, ask your spouse or some close family member. They'll remind you of your pride. We all have it. But the atrophies love to have the preeminence. He loved to be the big shot. He loved to be the, the one in charge. And, and, but that has to be addressed because... Paul did say in 1 Timothy 3, if you desire to be a leader, or a pastor, or an elder, or some some type of position, you desire a good thing. It's not bad to desire to be that. It's bad when you become a dictator. Jesus said in Matthew 20, 26, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you've got to become a servant. So the whole concept of leadership is really servant leadership. It's what it is. We don't serve to be a somebody. We, we, we serve to be a nobody to make the nobody become a somebody. <laughs> Jesus demonstrated this at the Last Supper. You know the story. The apostles were quarreling who the greatest is. John was there too. Ooh, I did more than you. I, I prayed more than you. I gave more money, whatever. And Jesus said by his actions, I'll show you who the greatest is. You know what he did, right? He washed their feet. He humbled himself and washed their feet. So don't be diatrophies. We have to er- eradicate pride in our lives somehow. Pride is an emblem of Satan. John 14 tells us a little bit of insight into Lucifer, how Lucifer is quoted as saying, The, the angel, of, uh, angel of light said, I will ascend to the heavens, I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God, I'll be like the Most High. And Lucifer's rebellious, prideful heart got him booted out of heaven to come to earth until a later time when he'll be addressed. Pride is the mark of Satan. You could take all the sins of the flesh that we see in Galatians 5, all the works of the flesh, you could name all, go right down the list, they're all rooted in pride. It's about me, satisfying me, getting what I want. I'm the big cheese, fooling on everybody else. I'm going to do whatever I can to satisfy my needs. Proverbs 13.10 says this, By pride comes nothing but strife. It's in church, it's in families, it's at work, it's everywhere. If you have pride, sooner or later, there's going to be strife. Paul wrote, The love of money is... Is the root of all evil of the root of all kinds of evil why, why would that be? Well, because with money, you, you, you try to buy things to appease your flesh so that yourself is exalted somehow it 's all about pride. The more I have, the more I want, the more I do I have to get more it 's all about feeding my ego, my ego don 't be a diatrophies. he loved the preeminence. Let me just address a little part of this sometimes. Pride develops in us as a form of a a defense mechanism. What I mean is, some of us may have been hurt or disillusioned or maligned or somehow blasted. And so we develop a, a certain lifestyle or attitude where we stand back from people. We're a little bit aloof. We're a little bit unconnected, disconnected so that we don't get hurt again. We don't want to get close to people because we're afraid of getting hurt. But it really is a form of pride. And that form of pride has to be broken. When Jesus went to the cross, he took all of our sins and nailed them to the cross. Is pride a sin? Yeah. Is not letting God bring healing to our broken spirit a sin? Yeah. It's called lawlessness. He's our Savior He's our deliverer, and he is our healer. We can't hang on to pride. It has to be broken. It has to be removed from us. A beloved Christian like beloved Gaius is never characterized by someone who has pride. The Word of God says that God resists the proud, but he draws close to and gives grace to the humble. So don't be diatrophies. Find out your own pride, your own, your own level of where you're at with that, and surrender it to God. Ask God to break your pride right off of you. Here's the second thing. Don't be diatrophies. Surrender to authority. Now that probably made some of you a little uncomfortable, because you don't know where we're going with this. But, but he says in, in verse 9b, Uh, Diotrephes doesn't receive us. He doesn't acknowledge us. Diotrephes was not a man under authority, and it resulted in nothing but problems for him and the church where he served. I think I may have mentioned this some time ago, but uh, several years ago when I was a licensed minister, before I was ordained. When you're licensed in the assemblies, you can pastor a church, you can marry people and bury people and baptize people. There's other things you can't do until you're ordained. But anyway, I I got a call one day, and uh, someone from the district office asked me to come to a meeting. They wanted my input in some important meeting they were having. I said, yeah, sure, I'll go. So I get to the meeting, and uh, the superintendent is there. He's looking at everyone's credentials, and he sees me as licensed. And he comes up to me, and he says, "Uh, Brother Rick, are you ordained? I said, no, no, I'm I'm working on it. I should be ordained in a year or two. He goes, well, you're going to have to leave the meeting now. Because you're not ordained. And my heart kind of sank. And I pulled back and I said, okay, no no problem. And I got my stuff. And I humbly walked out the door and went back home again. But I'm under authority. I couldn't fight that. I didn't want to fight that. I'm just saying, it's good to be under authority. So what about here? Like, uh... Authority, uh, surrendering to authority, is a sign of respect, a sign of honor. Diotrephes showed no respect for John. Major ego problem. I mentioned this earlier, but here, here's what, how we can express our support for authority. We are a Pentecostal church. I told you one time, some visitors came and they met with me during the week and they, they were trying to convince me not to be Pentecostal. Please. There's other churches you can go to but but support the authority that we are. We're a Pentecostal church. We we uh, we believe in the 16 fundamental truths of the Assemblies of God. We uphold biblical principles. We're pro-life. We believe in marriage between one man and one woman. We believe in racial reconciliation and equality. We believe in moral purity before marriage and after marriage. Well, these are all the things that we do, what we stand for. Don't rock the boat. If they don't like that, there's other churches to go to. This is who we are. Verses 9 and 10, uh, we, we see, we see uh, Diotrephes gossiping, using malicious word, rising up against John and the others. man. I find that so disrespectful. Hey, here at New Life, I'll give you some examples how you can support the authority of the church. And I'm not saying we don't. I'm just giving you things to think about. But when there's a... When I, I mentioned this last time. When I send out those emails to pray for people, one of the things I always say, I've been doing this for probably 10 years, pray right now, if possible. Pray right then and there before you forget. And I'm calling on you to pray for people. I'm not just doing it for an exercise. When I'm saying pray for people, respect that request and literally pray for people. When we call a, a prayer week during the year, you know, at night we have, a, we have a couple of prayer weeks during the year. Try to work out your schedule where you could come and support that prayer week. We have a worship night like we had last week, it was a great night of worship. But surrender to that authority and come and be a part of that. If we have a season of fasting, participate in the fasting. Surrender to authority. Speak well of your authorities. Not pratting or using malicious words. Or give us words of support, not words of dissension. Romans 13.1, Paul says, uh, subject yourselves to the governing authorities. Of course, unless it violates the word of God. Hebrews 13, 17 says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to your spiritual authorities. It'll be profitable for you to do that. So I would encourage you to do that. Personally, I'm submitted to the Southern New England District of the Assemblies of God. You know, I've got to renew my ordination, uh, my ordination every year. I've got to I've got to make a, I have to sign a paper that says I support the 16 fundamental truths. I believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues. And I preach about it. I believe, uh, I, I have to say that I tithe uh, to the district. I have to attend various meetings and I have to sign my name every year. I'm under, if I don't do those things, I don't get my ordination renewed. I have an advisory committee here. If you're on the advisory committee, you know I'm always looking for advice and opinions, and it's always a team effort. I just want to encourage the church. You'll do much better if you function under authority. We're all under some type of authority. Jesus was under the authority of the Father. The Holy Spirit's under the authority of Jesus, when you think about it. Uh, Families are under the authority of a husband. And the church is under the authority of the pastor and the leaders. But we're all under some type of authority. So I'd encourage you, submit to the authority in your life. Here's the last thing, we're going to wrap it up with this. Verse number 10b, support Christian workers. One of the problems with Diotrephes was that he refused to help the missionaries that were passing through. He forbade the others to to be supportive, and if they did, he was going to kick them out of the church. I find this so disrespectful. I just want to encourage you here at New Life to support the ministries that we have ongoing at the church. We're developing new worship leaders. When a new worship leader is leading us, follow the lead. Worship with that leader. Submit to that authority. We have a kids' church director, Pamela. We have Caroline Gregan as a supervisor, a superintendent. We have teachers and workers. These are wonderful people that are investing in the lives of our children. Did you see all those kids today? man. In five years, they're going to be all grown up. Well, not all the way, but almost. We have a window of time to pour in. We need to respect our teachers and those that are working with our kids. Our missions leaders, Esther and the missions team, our board members. We have Layla over there. Laylo always calls people that are sick or in need. She's a faithful worker that way. We need to respect her, and I do, and I appreciate you, Laylo. Hospitality, the Theaterlies are doing that. So I just want to, you know, recognize, I want to encourage you to recognize people that are working among us. They're valuable in the kingdom of God. Okay, look at your Bibles real quickly. Verse number one, let's see a contrast here. Gaius is beloved, Diotrephes was unlovable. Verse number two, Gaius' soul was prospering. Diotrephes' soul was shriveling up and dying. Verse number three, uh, Gaius had a great testimony and respect. Everybody knew him. Diotrephes' testimony was one of negativity and rebellion and anti-authority. Verse number four, Gaius walked in the truth. Diotrephes walked in rebellion. Verse uh, Verse number five, Gaius served others gladly. Diotrephes shut people down and cut them off. Verse number six, Gaius uh, was called upon to help. He was considered to be faithful. Diotrephes was called out to be reprimanded. Verse number eight, Gaius was a contender for the truth, but Diotrephes cut down the, the contenders for the truth. Be a Gaius, don't be a Diotrephes. Amen? So in conclusion, last slide. Don't be a Diotrephes. Fight your own pride, church. Submit to the authority God has put in your life. And number three, support Christian workers among us. I want to close by reading verse number 11. Why don't we stand together? Read it with me, will you? Verse number 11. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God. But he who does evil has not seen God. One more time. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God. But he who does evil has not seen God. 3 John 1.11 Every head bowed for just a moment. Praise the Lord. Whew. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Every head bowed. I <clears throat> this morning I came to the church. I I got here before James and Danica. I was ready to roll. I was ready for action. Sunday is the most important day in the life of a pastor. And I thank you for being here today. I really do. Those of you on live stream, thank you for joining us on live stream. And today was a really important day. I thought holiday weekend, maybe so many people would be away. But I like the the turnout today. But this is the crux of the matter. We worship God today. Right? We prayed to God. We prayed for the sick. We celebrated communion. We prayed for our country. We heard the word of God. And now we're going to wrap it up. And in a matter of minutes, I'm going to say amen, and you all will go and do what you want to do. But right now, this has got to be a point of surrender. This is the one time that we're all together in church seeking God. So let's seize the moment right now. I'm going to pray. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Lord, the spirit of the Lord is moving. We we see it. We feel it. We sense that, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the analogies that we spoke about earlier, that you have come to take that dead man off of us and give us new life, precious life. So, Lord, we call upon your name right now. We don't want to be like diatrophies. We don't want to be full of pride and rebellious against authority and not supporting the work of Christ in in our church or in our community. Lord God, change our heart if we're leaning that way. Oh, God. Lord, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Help us to imitate you, O oh God. Help us to imitate what is good, not what is evil. Let us not have a heart that would retaliate and want to get even, but let us have a heart that would choose a higher road to live on. So, Father, I, I just want to pray for everyone here, every person, every family represented. those on livestream. I want to pray, Lord, that the Spirit of the living God... Would continue the work. We're going to say amen in a minute. But Lord, may the spirit of the living God continue what you started today. Really, maybe last Sunday. Continue what you started, oh God. Father, if some of us need to have a reality check, let us have a reality check. If something needs to happen to grab our attention, Lord, let something happen. If someone needs to talk to somebody to bring healing or life or whatever, Lord, let that conversation take place. If someone needs to apologize, Lord, let it happen for your glory. But Lord, I do want to pray for this fellowship. Lord, I don't know about the other fellowships. All I know is really this fellowship. I want to pray, Lord, that this would be a pure place of worship a pure place where souls can come in and get fed the living waters of your spirit that can receive life from from the heart of God. We pray, Lord, that flesh would die, that spirit would grow, and that we would not be uh, operating under the law of diminishing returns, but we would be operating under the law of increase... Increased love for you, increase passion for the lost, increase spirit changing our lives. So Lord, thank you for what you're doing in these days. Let us have a good day. Let us leave here excited that you who started a good work in us, you're faithful to complete that work until the day of Jesus Christ. Lord, if we gather with family and friends for the, for the 4th of July cookout or whatever, uh, we pray, Lord, that our light would shine; that we would be different by what we say and what we do, or what we don't say, what we don't do. But let uh, let the countenance on our face reflect the glory of God. Let us be light and salt to a dark world around us. So we thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you, Lord, permission to continue to work in us deeply. In these days, we thank you and we praise you for it now. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen and amen. Well, you are dismissed. The altars are open. Oh, I almost forgot. I had one of those. They're really good. They're in the cafe room. Before you go, stop in and pick up a little treat. Danica and uh, and Hannah, thank you for that. Thank you for reminding me. The, The altars are open. There's a picnic meeting as well right afterwards with Pamela. God bless you.